and welcome back to In My Opinionation, your weekly Blossom Recap podcast. I am your host, Mallory, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Jen. Hey, girl. Hey. Eric is off again this week, being a dad and doing fun summery stuff with his kids. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, we record these in advance, so it is still summer where we are. (laughs) I always forget that. Yeah. Like, people are going to be listening to this in Christmas. At Christmas being like, what do you mean camping? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is still summer yeah. uh, in our timeline. I don't know what, what time of year it is in yours. <laughs> so this week we are doing season two, episode five, honor question mark. <laughs> it aired October 14th, 1991. It was written by JJ Wall and directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby. So a quick synopsis. An old friend spreads a nasty rumor about Blossom. Joey ends up in the smart class and buzzes around for some reason. (laughs) So I do have a little bit of trivia. So this is the second and final appearance of guest star Chris Demetral. In this episode, he plays Dennis, but you might remember him as Fred Fogarty from season one episode, The Geek. Okay, so I know reusing actors in shows is a thing. I get that. However, we are on only a season and a half of this show and Mm -hmm. they have used at least two or three actors multiple times over. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so like, were there no young male actors around at the time? I don't know. I, I wanted to know. So when I'm prepping for the episode, the first thing that I do is like, go to IMDb, go to Wikipedia, look up all this stuff. I don't know if that's, if that's your process, Jen, or for our listeners out there, did you recognize this kid? Because I already had it in my head that it was the same kid because I had seen on IMDb, oh, it's it's the same kid from The Geek. So I wonder if people recognized him without like the whole, like the glasses and the whole like nerd outfit. Oh, I absolutely recognized him. I have an angry note that says, you are not Dennis, sir. You are Fred Fogarty. <laughs> they she's all that at him. They did. They took off the glasses. <laughs> they took off the glasses. And they're like, look at her slightly more attractive friend that's yeah. apparently been around forever that we've never heard about. So, so that's all the trivia I have. Yeah, that was mine. That's it. All right, great. So, so let's get into it. With a bubba breakdown. You we start out in the Russo living room. Tony is cleaning the piano. He starts cleaning the keys and starts kind of plonking on the on the keys. And he sort of plays a little bit of Beethoven just by smashing the keys and decides that that wasn't that hard to write. Anyone could have done it. I've done that. Have you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we had a keyboard growing up and sometimes like you're a kid, you're just like messing around on it. I'd be like, hey, that sounds like a thing. And then I would just go learn the song. Oh, nice. I always I wanted to learn the piano for a while. I played it in grade seven and eight, but they only a school teacher can only teach you so much because they're trying to teach Mm -hmm. 20 kids different instruments. So I only learned the right hand. I never learned the left hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never took lessons or anything. Like I just, I plunked keys and learned songs just by hearing them. Like I never did the the music reading or anything. Yeah, I did. Well, I did it for for school, but I could not read music today if I tried. I've, yeah. It's all, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So Blossom sneaks down the stairs asking Tony where Buzz is. They're both trying to avoid him. He's just been driving the kids crazy. Us too. <laughs> right? Like my note is, oh good, they're fucking sick of him too. <laughs> yeah. So basically the deal is that he's super bored. So he just keeps bothering the kids. And I mean, it makes sense he'd be bored. He's used to, traveling and and going to different cities every week and now he's just been 
in LA. You know what he could do? He could leave. He could leave. He could leave us all alone. He could go back to his traveling musician days. You know, as Tony says, grandparents are just supposed to be a cameo part and how I wish that Buzz was a cameo part. So just as Blossom's complaining about Buzz having this weird conversation where he's just telling her what socks were like when he was a kid, Buzz shows up and Blossom just nopes out of the room, just (laughs) just takes right off. Tony tries to get Buzz to leave, asking him, you know, don't you have somewhere to be? But no, Buzz is free as a bird. So he starts listing off things that he and Tony could do together with Tony giving an excuse of why he can't for everything. So they could play cards, but Tony doesn't play cards. They could go for a drink, but Tony doesn't drink. Finally, Buzz suggests that they go for lunch at a strip club for some reason. Because he's him. Because he's Buzz, which piques Tony's interest. But, you know, he declines saying that he's on housekeeping duty. And we get our standard Buzz toxic masculinity comment. Yeah. He walks away into the kitchen where we find Blossom making herself a sandwich. Just leave, Buzz. Just leave. He starts again talking at Blossom about socks. And I say talking at because Blossom is not engaging in this conversation at all. He's just spewing words towards her. Mm -hmm. Finally, Blossom says, you know what? I know you're bored. Why don't you come with me and my friend Dennis to the movies? But Buzz says, no, he doesn't want to be a third wheel. And Blossom's like, well, no, no, that's not. That's not what's going on. Dennis is a friend. We've been friends forever. We're not like romantic interests. We're just friends. Yeah. Which is totally a thing, but apparently not to Buzz. His his bar for whether or not you should date someone is, are they the opposite sex? So, well, and this is a thing like, and I actually did not look this up, but you know, when Harry's Met Sally came out, which I think was late 80s, I believe when that came out, I might be wrong, but like there was, I feel like there was always like the societal, if you're the opposite sex, like why else would you hang out with each other? And then that movie came out. Yeah. And Billy Crystal has his big ass speech and Meg Ryan is like, no, literally we're just friends. And then they're friends for like 10 years and they end up together. So it just like solidified this idea that you can't be friends with someone who is presenting as the opposite sex as yourself. Which is bullshit. I have so many friends. Some of my closest friends are, are guys like, you know, one of them. Yeah. Guys, (laughs) you all know one of them. So (laughs) don't listen to buzz, be friends with whoever you want to be friends with, regardless of how they identify or what is in their pants. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. We just have this weird scene blossom you know no we're friends haven't you buzz ever had a girl who's just a friend and in what's supposed to pass for comedy buzz takes a long pause and says just his second wife and then we leave buzz so yay, yay. Um, we're back in the living room tony is dusting the coffee table as joey walks in and joey he's very upset he explains that he cheated on this english placement test and now he's in advanced english Tony just can't believe that Joey cheated his way to a 97 on this test. Cause normally when he cheats, he just kind of just barely gets by. Yeah. But Joey explains it's easier now because Sylvia Preston writes the answers on her legs. So all he has to do is look up her dress, which apparently means she likes him. Well, I, besides the fact that this is gross, I was trying to figure out like the physics of how you would make this happen and not get caught. Well, so that's the, so if you write on your, on your thighs, right? Like if you're wearing a dress and you're on your thighs, you could kind of like lift up your own skirt, like pull it like upwards, not lift it, but like kind of scooch it up your legs a little bit so you can see it. But if Joey's trying to look at it, 
it would be like sideways or upside down depending on his perspective right like it wouldn't be that's what i mean and there's a desk there yeah like there's no he'd have to fully be on the ground (laughs) yeah he'd be doing like a bender from breakfast club yes situation yes like it's the only way it doesn't it doesn't make any sense also it's gross yes don't do that don't don't do don't put your face in people's laps unless they invite you to do so um (laughs) (laughs) so joey is just he's just so upset he's convinced he's ruined his life because he's gonna obviously he'll do great in this class and then he'll go to law school and become a doctor so his life is just ruined well and this is another question i had so this is a placement test to see yes if he is so afraid of getting into advanced English, why did he cheat on the test? I think he thought it was going to be like before where he cheated and got like a 60, you know, like just enough to pass. I don't think he expected to cheat it to cheat and get a 97. But wouldn't it be better to just not cheat at all? And then you're still being put into the lower class. I don't know that Joey knows how to not cheat. At this point. Okay. Because he's done it so often. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Because yeah. I think it's just like modus operandi, right? Like, this is just yeah. what I do. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, then don't, then don't try, brah. Then don't cheat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Tony tells him, don't worry, you'll flunk out and it'll be fine. But if Joey flunks, he'll be kicked off the baseball team. So he has to keep cheating because he doesn't want to lose his spot on the team. And Tony agrees, you know, he's he's doomed. He's going to end up being valedictorian, which really sucks for Joey because he hates parking cars. Silly, silly jokes. But then Tony gets a new idea. What if Joey gets caught cheating and gets thrown out of the class? But no, that won't work. He'll still get thrown off the baseball team for cheating. So there's right. really there's no way out. As Joey says, it's a catch 23 because it's worse than a catch 22. I was impressed he knew what a catch 22 even was. yeah. I guess I guess he must know what it is if he thinks a 23 is worse than a 22. Like he needs to know the basic concept. Yeah. Of what that is. Right. Yeah. OK. So we learn here that he needs an 85 to stay in the class. But if he gets below a 65, he'll flunk. So I wanted to ask you about this because mm-hmm. I feel like when I was going through school, it was 50 like 49 or below was flunking and 50 was like just passing so is this is this a thing is this an american thing it must be and the reason i know this we've talked before about how we're all kind of artistic people on this show i absolutely 100 percent know i got a pity mark of 50 so I would never have to take math again did you i was never like the teacher never said anything but i could tell that she Like I was for some stupid reason in grade 11, I was like, I want to go to university. So I'm going to take the university math course, which was a terrible idea for so many reasons. And I just couldn't do it. And she was trying to help me. And I just couldn't make my brain do this theoretical math. Yeah. So I did end up getting a 50, which made me pass. But I was like on the dot. And I'm like, she just wants me to never come back here again. (laughs) (laughs) She wants you gone. For me and her. Yeah, both of you. Yeah. So I know like 60 and above, 60 and above is obviously better because that's like a C. Yeah. Right. But I do like I have passed on 50 grades before. Yeah. If we have any American listeners out there, tell us if this is if this is like a thing Mm -hmm. that 60 or 65 is is a fail. So, yeah. So Joey's Joey's really upset about this. He has to somehow get a grade in between this window so that he'll get kicked out of the class, but won't fail. 
And he's so upset. He literally grabs his own head, starts shaking it and yelling, what is happening to me? Because his poor brain just can't handle the like mechanics of trying to figure out his way out of this. Well, and the thing is, the way I actually interpreted it was because he did well enough to get into advanced English. He knew what catch 22 was. And all of a sudden he rattles off these numbers of exactly what he needs to be okay. And how I watched it was like him being like, Oh my God, I'm saying smart shit. What is happening to me? And he just like loses his mind. Like, cause yeah. he doesn't know who he is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, I think it's that, I think it's overload, right? Like yeah, he's yeah. having this overload of smartness that he can't, he just can't deal with. <laughs> can't handle. <laughs> yeah. So just then the doorbell rings, Tony answers it. It's Blossom's friend, Dennis. Fred. Yep. She's all that. Um, <laughs> so Tony calls in Blossom. Blossom and Dennis do their cool secret high five handshake just mm-hmm. to show us how good of friends they are. You know, they even have though this, we've never heard we've of never him. heard of him, never seen him before, but they have a secret handshake. So they must be really good friends. So then Blossom introduces Dennis to Buzz and Buzz immediately insults Dennis's shirt, which is a thing that you would do when you meet someone. That's that's a normal human behavior. I did actually laugh at it. Did you? <laughs> so I think it was the phrasing of it. And he just walks away afterwards with like no follow up because the way he phrases it. Oh, hi, Dennis. Nice to meet you. And you know what? I don't care what they say. You keep wearing that shirt. And then he just walks away. <laughs> so I think if it had been anyone else but Buzz. Yeah. But he's already such like a garbage human that like. I know. I know. I'm trying to find like the little nuggets that get me through my experience of watching him. Yeah. So even though it's incredibly mean, I was like, okay, that's, that's a pretty funny insult though. Like if Tony had said it, I would have been like, ah, zing, but like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Blossom and Dennis head out to their movies. We skip to a couple days later, Nick is tidying some papers in the living room and there's a knock at the door. It's six. Her whole world has been shaken. Something has happened that has changed the world forever. And she as soon as the door opens, she's just talking and she keeps talking as she marches right past Nick and up the stairs, babbling on about everything's the worst. And uh, we get this funny moment of Nick just kind of stands at the door, holding it open until she's all the way upstairs. And then he finally says, hi, six to the empty front porch and closes the door. He's so used to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's you know, it doesn't matter if she's in a good mood, in a bad mood, whatever it is. She'll just Mm -hmm. she'll just talk at uh, talk at you like Buzz kind of, but in a more endearing way. Yeah, exactly. And Nick is just so used to her by now. He's he knows to just let let it run its course. Right. Yeah. I did also want to point out that this is a complete outfit. Uh, Mm -hmm. redo this is the second time it's not even one piece it's the full outfit the whole country outfit that she was wearing before yeah and we talked a little bit before about how the costume designer um, has spoken about how she likes to reuse pieces because that's what we do in real life she didn't want it to be like a shiny glossy everybody has new clothes all the time Mm -hmm. so I I find this this really interesting yeah I loved it Mm mm-hmm So Six barges into Blossom's room, demanding that Blossom tell her that everything she's heard is a lie. And Blossom's really confused. She has no idea what Six is talking about. And she certainly can't tell her it's a lie if she doesn't know what what she's going on about. So Blossom gets all excited to hear this, this gossip. But then Six tells her what the gossip is. And it's that people are saying that Blossom and Dennis had sex at the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Blossom is absolutely shocked. She 
She can't believe it. But Six says that she heard it directly from Susie Smith. And losing the plot completely, Six starts babbling on about how Susie got her braces off and now she actually looks worse. (laughs) Just, you know, just off on this little tangent. Finally, Blossom snaps Six back to reality and Six explains. And I wrote this down as best as I could. (laughs) Susie heard it from Lisa, who's best friends with Nancy, who goes out with Dennis's friend Robert with the bad skin, not handsome Robert, who told Nancy, who told Lisa, who told Susie, who told me that Dennis told the boys in the locker room that Blossom and he had sex in the movie theater, which... I wanted to get your opinion on this rumor because I never heard rumors about specific people, but I think we all heard about like people doing hand stuff or like mouth stuff in the theater, but not full on sex. Like this seems a little. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a jump. I do remember like hearing rumors of like, ooh, this person slept over at this person's house. Yes, like obviously not in as much detail or as intricately as it seems to happen in this show but yeah yeah I don't I don't know like nothing as huge as this yeah or I feel like if we were at high school age and maybe again this was just my high school I don't know if it was just the people I was around or that I went to high school later than 91 but we really didn't care as much we were just like oh okay (laughs) yeah well the other thing is they they keep saying it was the balcony of the movie theater so maybe it's because like movie theaters these days don't have balconies so there isn't somewhere like that private that you can you can go like is that a thing movie theaters with balconies yeah but then presumably there would still be people around you even if it did have a balcony Not if it was a very, like, small audience that day. If they were the only ones up there. I don't know. Movie theaters are dark, but you're still surrounded by people. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I mean, I I feel like they went with that to have the impact of it. And also probably because they couldn't say on primetime television, there's a rumor that you gave him a hand job or a blow job. Like, you know, they could, it, it probably had to do with that. But the going straight to all the way to sex in a movie theater was like, that was huge. Oh my God. So Blossom is furious. Of course it's not true. And now everyone's going to think she's a slut and this is just the worst. Can I ask? um, So the use of the word slut and like slut shaming, Mm -hmm. because there's always this movement in cycles of a word being derogatory and then like reclaiming it for yourself, you know? Yeah. There's been a movement now, you know, with kind of taking back the word slut and mm-hmm. like calling your friends slots and bitches. <laughs> and you, you know what I'm talking about yeah. though, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how you feel. Like, how do you feel about the word in general? Because six drops slut, like, oh yeah. So you'd be a slut. Like she doesn't even say it accusingly. No, I, well, first of all, I was surprised that they said slut. I, yeah, I guess I thought like 91, that slut was going to be a not PG word to say on TV. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised yeah. that they said it. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, you know, and also for like a 14, 15 year old to be saying it on TV, I thought was, um, I mean, obviously I was three at the time, so maybe I'm wrong, but um, that's what it felt like watching it, that it seemed, oh, wow. They said slut. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, obviously they think it's a bad thing to be a slut because Blossom is worried about people thinking that about her, Mm -hmm. but they're not, yeah, it wasn't said in a, it's like six wouldn't have judged her for it. She just wanted to know if that makes sense. like judged her for having sex in the yeah 
Yeah, I, I was almost more offended that like Blossom didn't tell her about it. <laughs> well, and that everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I think yeah, I yeah. think she's she's more um, like that's a private thing, right? Yeah. Whether or not Blossom did have. I mean, we know she didn't, but whether or not she mm-hmm. did, it's not for everybody to be talking about. Yeah, that's a private event. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of where it was, you know, if if they actually did have sex, even if it was at like in a bed, she would still be mad that he's talking about it to people and like telling yeah. everybody about yeah. it. And we get into it a bit later. Blossom does bring up the double standard of mm-hmm. of men and, and women. But yeah, I I mean, yeah, these days we know that like we're we're a little bit more aware of that double standard these days. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like there's stuff like the slut walk and all that kind of like trying yeah. to take back women's autonomy. And, and yeah, I don't know if I got a little off track here with your question. No, but. no, that's okay. It's, yeah. uh, the thing with this episode was I have so many thoughts around the subject and this is like, not even in terms of the subject, but just like in general, in my life, like trying to figure out obviously like very sex positive, but also you know, how much of it is private? How much should you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah. And just like how to navigate the the topic itself in society. And obviously this episode came out at a time where it wasn't okay to talk about any of that. I just, uh, I have so many thoughts about this episode and I don't know how to like make words go around some of my thoughts because there's just so much. Well, and I think like talking about sex positivity, we still have to acknowledge the world that we live in, right? Like we still have to acknowledge that there are societal biases against women who sleep with a lot of people. There aren't as Mm -hmm. many around men and we can actively work towards eliminating those biases, but we still have to be aware they exist until we can eliminate them. You know, it's, it's like a lot of, I don't know if this is getting too deep, but a lot of like the rape culture stuff of like, teaching women like, okay, hold your keys this way. So if someone attacks you, you Mm -hmm. can use them as a weapon. Nobody's saying that that's okay, that, that we should have to carry our keys like that. And that we, we shouldn't work towards fixing the problem at the root cause, but we still live in this society where, yeah, you need to know how to protect yourself if you're going to be walking home after work and it's dark out. Like the list of things that women and female presenting people just have in the back their brain that we don't even think about anymore we just do things like only having one earbud in if the sun has Mm -hmm. gone down a certain amount just in case like fake talking on the phone with somebody if you're walking by someone that seems a little off just so they think you're like the amount of things that we do that if you said that to a guy like it would blow their minds yeah i um Recently, after after work one day, I was, you know, texting Tristan on my way home and he he was like, oh, well, I went for a walk and I'm stopping at this place for a drink. Like, do you want to come join me? I'm like, OK, cool. So I tried to call him and we chatted for a bit, but it was too loud in there. So I ended up calling my mom and just being like, hey, I'm walking down a dark street. I don't like I'm going to be on the phone with you until I get to my destination, because yep. if something happens there's somebody who knows that something happened. Exactly. And it sucks that I have to do that, but, and I don't, I don't think that we should have to do that, but we, I do have to acknowledge the reality of the world that I live in. Yeah. So, okay. So this is, (laughs) this is my disclaimer of if I'm trying to describe things and I'm just like, I don't even know what to say this episode. This is why, because the topic is so huge. It's so huge. So Moving on back to the show. So down in the living room, Buzz is reading a newspaper while Nick is trying to make some phone calls. Buzz then asks Nick if he wants to get lunch at a topless bar 
uh, one dimensional character at his finest. Also, can we talk about the smash cut to just buzz instant? Like after exactly this conversation of Blossom being slut shamed and then smash cutting to Buzz being like, let's go to a strip joint. And Nick's comment that I was like, Nick, right? He said they have women who've worked there so long, their tassels are on their shoes. Come on, Nick. You're better than that. Come on. So Nick makes his phone call. He's calling a friend to say that he he's having trouble finding him a, a piano player for this gig tonight. So they're going to have to find someone new. Immediately, Buzz runs to over to the piano. And as Nick lists the requirements, Buzz plays a little bit that like meets that requirement. So they need someone who can handle jazz and Buzz plays a little jazz tune and then a little blues and Buzz plays a blues tune and some classical and Buzz plays classical. Nick's face acting during this, like the moment he realizes what's going on and the way he stretches out the conversation yeah. and you can just see him messing with Buzz was so good. Yeah. And turning around and being like, I'm trying, I'm on the phone. You need to stop yeah. playing the piano. <laughs> Nick hangs up. The men argue about whether or not Buzz should should get the gig. You know, it's a classy joint with a lot of big wigs and Buzz is not that. Buzz is going to embarrass mm-hmm. Nick. He's going to do something wrong. So finally, Nick relents as long as Buzz promises to behave and Buzz agrees because basically he's bored. And this is the end of the C storyline. This is it. That's it. It was two scenes. The first one where he's like, I'm bored. And then this scene. And that's the end of Buzz's storyline in this episode. Don't know why this story was here. Hey, Buzz, if you're so bored, leave us alone. (laughs) Leave us alone. Go away. (laughs) We don't want you. (laughs) So back in Blossom's room, the girls are, are discussing this crisis. And Blossom explains, you know, she's always considered Dennis to be one of her best friends. They've known each other forever. You know, they had chicken pox together. They went on pony rides together. They even ate an ant covered donut together. How does Six not know about this guy? I just, yeah, I don't understand. Like if Blossom is as close with this dude as she says, Six would know some of this information already. Plot device? Plot device. Hey. So Blossom then, what we've talked about earlier, she points out what we all know to be true, that if she told this lie about Dennis, everyone would think he was super Mm -hmm. awesome. But because she's a woman, everyone thinks that she's a slut. And Six tries to argue that no one would believe it about Dennis. But Blossom points out that even Six, her BFF, believed it about her, if only for a second. Mm -hmm. So they decide to do put together a damage control plan. But Blossom really can see no way out of this. The only way she can see out is if she walks up to literally every person in school and is like, hi, I'm Blossom. Dennis lied. I did not sleep with him. We're both virgins. Like there's no there's no way for her to deal with it. No. And that's that's it. Like when it comes to a rumor like that, it's the nature of it is unfortunate. But there is sort of a 15 minutes sort of a situation where like you just need to ride it out until the next rumor comes along, because as big as you think it is to your life, People just want the next bit of information. Yeah. So they're going to find someone else to talk about after you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. You know, uh, so Blossom, she picks up the phone. She's going to call Dennis and confront him, but he won't answer the phone. So she leaves a message. If anyone out there was confused, how answering machines used to work is that they just played out to the room as you were making the recording. Mm-hmm. So she knows that Dennis is sitting in that room and just not answering the phone. Yeah. She tells him, you know, meet me at the water fountain before you do the morning announcements tomorrow, or I'm going to do something really, really bad. She doesn't know what, but it's going to be really, <laughs> really bad. Talk about how weird his dick is. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, I was the announcements person when I was in elementary school. 
did announcements too. I did it in high school. We used to do it. So there was a group, actually, my brother was one of the other ones. And my other best friend, whom you know, was one of the other people. So we set it up where like we each took a day of the week and we would play like particular music on particular days. We had little like trivia things that happened on certain days and stuff like that that's cool we made it a whole like morning show like a whole radio show yeah yeah i mean we only had like 10 minutes but we did as much with it as we could yeah i i did the announcements in elementary school so i think probably like grade six seven eight ish and we didn't it was elementary school we didn't have the music playing before the announcements we did the um we played oh canada every morning like every school And we had all the different versions of Canada, like the French one. No, like the like the pop one, and like oh yeah, yeah. Like there were different like different versions of it. It was great. We had like one around Christmas that had like bells and shit behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it was me and this other girl, and we would so the now the PA system is just a phone, right? It's just the phone yeah. that you push. So we would just pass the receiver back and forth and do like every other announcement. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> So the next morning we're in the kitchen, Joey and Tony are sitting at the table chatting. And Joey said that, says that he's heard that the girls in advanced English are extremely advanced. And he keeps talking about these rumors as Blossom enters and Blossom immediately calls him on his bullshit saying just because he heard them from someone smart doesn't mean that it's true. Mm-hmm. And obviously this, you know, she's talking about herself in this whole conversation, yeah. but she's not going to tell her brothers that because she's not going to be like, hey, brothers, there's a rumor going around that I slept with someone. Although Joey goes to the same school. So in theory, wouldn't he have possibly heard these rumors as well? Possibly. I'm not sure. Like when she says the whole school, I wonder if she means her grade. Okay. But yeah, you're right. If it actually is the whole school, then he probably would have heard it as well. Yeah. So he brushes her off saying, quote, where there's smoke, there's nymphos. Mm. But Tony agrees with Blossom, saying that a lot of people get reputations for things they never did just because someone started a rumor. You know, he he gives himself as an example. For years, he had this reputation for being a drunk, an addict and a thief, but he was never a thief. So I love him. I know. Right. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So Blossom then asks for advice on, you know, what do you do when someone starts a rumor about you? That isn't true. I mean, I would ask, what do you do when you start a rumor about you, regardless of if it's true, because it's not their business to be talking about? Yeah. The truth of it isn't the issue. No. So the the boy's advice is just basically to beat the person up who started it, which is not, that's not, you can't, you can't no. do that. So Blossom starts getting really upset. She's frustrated that the only way to deal with the situation seems to be to like stoop to Dennis's level to do something equally bad to him. And that doesn't seem right. Like it's, it, mm-hmm. it's not going to make the situation any better for her to do something mean to him you know she says that rumors and gossip they hurt the people that they're about and nobody knows if it's true or not other than the people involved yeah as we've said not to mention that it's nobody's business yeah so uh like i said i have a lot of like big big questions and thoughts around this so my words won't always be so good this episode guys <laughs> Just roll with me. But I did. I I had this thought in my brain. I'm like, I want to know if somebody has done like, like, what is the science or what are the studies behind like why people gossip and like the reactions to gossip and why we react the way we do. So obviously it's a huge, huge, huge topic. What I'm about to say is like a little bitty fraction of I'm sure the millions of studies have 
that have happened. Yeah. But I did find a couple of articles and they both kind of point to the same studies that happened. I think there was one in 2015 and one a little bit earlier in the 90s. So I got some stats if you want some stats. Okay. Yes. So the question I had for myself was the psychology of human response to rumors and gossip and like, why do we do it? And why do we why do we even like hearing it in the first place? Like, why do we engage in it? Right. So from these studies and like the hypothesis and stuff, it started as like an evolutionary tactic. So gossip started as you had these little pockets of communities Mm -hmm. of people, like you'll have 10 over here, 10 over here. And gossip just developed when we developed speech as a way to like, make sure everyone was okay. Five miles down the road or like something big happened here. It might affect us later. So that gossip developed in that sort of a way, which makes perfect sense. So they did some of these studies in the nineties. And like I said, again, in 2015 to kind of try to pin down how people gossip. So what they found was that males spend about 55% of their time gossiping females rest more in like the 67 to into the seventies range. Mm -hmm. If we're going by the evolutionary, probably because the the women were the one doing all the shit at the camps. So it made sense for them to know. Right now, the interesting thing that I found was that apparently only roughly 15% of all gossip from these studies was actually deemed negative. Oh, most of the time it was either, there was like a nine to 10% differential of positive gossip, like saying a good thing about a person. The rest of it was just sort of like neutral information of like, like I, I mentioned to you, I saw my other friend last night and she asked about you. So I was just like, Oh, Mallory's up to this is like that kind of gossip. It's information. Right. So most of the gossip in these studies was just neutral information. Wow. Which is how gossip is helpful. Yes. So I thought that was really, really cool. And I just had some thoughts of like, it centers our experience in society. And it also provides like a barometer of what we see as humans as like acceptable. Right. You know, like if you have one guy in a group of 20, that's doing some real shitty things and through gossip, everybody finds out about this person being shitty. Like that sets your barometer for that group of what makes you an okay person. Essentially. Right. Right. And, you know, there's also the whole thing about like schadenfreude and, you know, like if you're feeling bad about yourself, hearing someone else is going through a bad thing too, like triggers, like it makes you feel a little bit better, et cetera. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was really interesting. Obviously there are so many more things to read up on it. I found, I'm going to link a couple of the articles I found. One's like from Time Magazine, um, Psychology Today. So I'll link those in the show notes if you want to deep dive on it. I'm not going to go any deeper because it's too much, but I thought it was cool. That is really cool. It's interesting that negative was only 15%. And I think Uh that speaks to, we, we know that negative comments stay with us a lot longer than positive comments. It's a, it's a thing that's talked about a lot on, on social media because, you know, these influencers who are getting thousands and thousands of comments a day, they'll get like, you know, three negative ones. And those are the ones that they fixate on. Yeah. It's much harder to extract the negative stuff from our brains and focus on the positive. So yeah, that's interesting that it's only 15%, but that's kind of what we associate with gossip, right? Is all the negative stuff. Yeah. Gossip isn't inherently bad. No. So I, it's actually cool after having looked that up, I get a feeling that might like help me going forward. Yeah. 
because you know I'm an anxious person to a certain degree and I'm like oh, everybody's talking about I'm like no people don't give a shit about me not in a bad no. way but like in a good way well and we also are like taught that you know oh you shouldn't gossip gossiping is bad whereas yeah. like I, I would say gossiping negatively and spreading false rumors is bad, but mm-hmm. just talking with your friends about what's going on in your life and like your friends' lives is not, is not inherently bad. I'm like, but she was a real bitch while she was doing it. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Blossom kind of ends her rant by saying to the boys, unless it happened to you, keep your big mouth shut. And she storms out of the kitchen. The boys are understandably confused but then they immediately go back to gossiping, having learned absolutely nothing. So then we cut to the halls of the of the school. Blossom and Six are waiting for Dennis by the fountain. Blossom is angry and embarrassed. She's convinced that everyone is staring at her, even though no one really is. And, you know, someone says hi to her and she like freaks out on them. So the kid asks Six, you know, what's wrong? <laughs> and Six being Six is like, oh, you know, she's mad about everyone thinking that she slept with Dennis. So the kid had completely forgotten. Like you said, Jen, the 15 minutes, like they're probably over by now. Yeah. But but Blossom is just so embarrassed and frustrated that she's convinced that everybody knows. And this kid has already forgotten. But thanks to Six, now he remembers. Yeah. <laughs> so they make a rule that neither of them are going to spread the rumor anymore. They're just going to stop talking about it. And immediately upon agreeing on this rule, this boy comes up to use the fountain and Blossom freaks out on, on him, thinking he's making some sort of comment about her being a slut and the the kid's like i just want to use the water and then he like runs away guys i can guarantee as bad as you think it is most of the time with all the love in my heart nobody cares nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares and the people who do care about you like aren't worried about a fake rumor about you right like exactly so if by some chance you're going through something like this just it sounds like douchey adult advice to be like just give it some time but well, yeah. And I, I, as, as easy as, as it is for us to say, like, nobody cares, don't worry about it. It's, it's hard to take that advice. Like I can say that yeah. to other people for me to take my own advice. I get so worried at work that some like customer is going to think I'm a terrible person that I'm never going to see again. Like, it really doesn't matter. I'm never going to see them again, but I still yeah. worry about it. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I've been working on is trying not to like, Like, who cares what this random person that I really will never see again thinks? Yeah. So the girls are standing at the water fountain. Then a voice comes on the PA, but it's not Dennis. The voice announces that Dennis couldn't come into school today. And of course, he's avoiding Blossom. Mm -hmm. Blossom is annoyed, but she says Dennis can't avoid her forever. And sooner or later, they're going to have it out. So then we cut to Joey's advanced English class. And you can tell it's the smart kids because they're all dressed in like muted tones, kind of business casual. Uh The kid beside beside Joey is even wearing like a tie and a button up shirt and a sports jacket. They're all a bunch of nerdlingers. Yeah. And then there's (laughs) Joey in his like brightly colored shirt, like flowy clothes, just completely sticking ripped jeans, sticking out like a like a sore thumb. And the teacher also has a British accent, just so we know how smart he is. And, you know, he's talking about F. Scott Fitzgerald and the use of color in The Great Gatsby and Joey. Original, real original. No, tell me about the green light again, teach. (laughs) Please. Nobody's ever talked about color in The Great Gatsby. Besides the fact that I don't know about you, but I feel like this was a book that everybody read in school, not just the smart kids. We didn't have to read it in school, but I did read it afterwards. But now, now that I have read it, every time that they're like, ooh, here's a scene about 
smart kids reading the great Gatsby, they're all like, but what did the green light across the water mean? I'm like, we all know what it means now. <laughs> well, I'm talking about it. I mean, to the credit of the writers here, he's talking about the colors of clothes. He's not all talking right. about the green light. Um, but yes, he's talking about color and green in the great Gatsby. And this girl raises her hand. She asks this very insightful question. And as they do in the smart classes, the teacher doesn't just answer it. He, you know, wants to start a discussion so that the kids can kind of, you know, come mm-hmm. to their own conclusions. So he invites their newest student, Joey, to give his thoughts. And Joey just squeaks out. And I agree, which mm-hmm. yay for him. He guessed right. <laughs> And then the student beside Joey raises his hand and excitedly asks, are we going to have a quiz today? And of course they are. And everyone's so happy except for Joey. Apparently smart people love taking quizzes. I hate quizzes. I hate quizzes. So the topic of this quiz is 19th century poets and their birds. So (laughs) the teacher hands out the quizzes, tells them that he'll be back in 30 minutes, wishes them good luck, and he leaves the room. All the students take out their textbooks and start flipping through, and Joey is just terrified. And it was here that I noticed how tiny these desks are. They're so little. They're so little. There's barely any room for the textbooks, let alone writing their tests. They're like the little ones that you get in like a university lecture hall. Yeah, the the flippy ones. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow these kids are expected to flip through their textbooks and write a quiz on it. So Joey tries to cheat off his neighbor, being super obvious about Mm -hmm. it. Then he realizes that the guy has his textbook open and he's like, oh, you better you better put that away. You know, it doesn't pay to cheat. I know. (laughs) And the student explains, not not dude, it's it's an open book test. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to use our books and look things up. The point is to teach us how to look for the information that we need. Actually, though, this is so much better than just having kids memorize useless facts. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about this. Yes. Because we have had discussions before on this podcast Mm -hmm. about how useless it is to just drill memorization tactics into a kid. Yeah. And for me, like this B story kind of went from like a funny thing about Joey's oopsie smart. Yeah. (laughs) But like it actually in this scene, it kind of made like a really good point about the difference in education. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. Like the idea of just like hammering details into a kid's brain versus nurturing them and having discussions and being like, here's the information, but I want you to interpret it. Like what What's the meaning? Why are you even learning this in the first place? Like to get your brains working that way. Yeah. Well, and I think I think these days we're seeing the results of not doing that. Right. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of people are very, very media illiterate. They can't look at information and critically examine, Okay, what is the source of this information? Is it credible? Mm -hmm. You know, where can I find credible information? And we're, we're kind of seeing a collapse of a society because of that, because people can't tell fact from fiction. They can't critically examine what they're being told. Yeah. Or if they're researching, they're doing it within a vacuum. Like, yeah, they're they're drawing the line from here is the first thing I found in A and I'm just going to follow that line from B and C, but I'm not going to look over here at point number one, which is the poison, the the poison. (laughs) I just sounded like a Looney Tunes character from the poison view. (laughs) But like, you know, do your research in the vacuum of your own opinion, but find the opposing research as well and figure it out. And look at where that information is coming from, you know? So 
do your research and do mm-hmm. your research beyond Facebook, <laughs> looking yeah. at legit publications, you know, it's. Yeah. So it was funny, like the, the feelings, this particular scene brought up in me, like yeah. it's very relevant to what's happening. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. Because people don't know how to do what these kids in this classroom are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I just made a funny note for myself as somebody who did higher education and sometimes ran out of time. I just put the joys of the index. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Joey learns about this magical thing called the index, which is in the back of the book and tells you exactly where everything is. And it's even in alphabetical order. He, He can't believe it. He can't believe that it would be this easy to find the information that he needs. He just can't believe it. And he's so happy. Cracked the code. He has cracked the code on being smart. Cracked the code. Later that afternoon, Tony and Nick are in the living room. Tony's still cleaning candlesticks for some reason. You know, he mentioned at the beginning that he's on housekeeping duty this week or today or whatever. And I feel like that would have been a better C storyline than the weird two scenes of Buzz getting a gig that we never actually see. I would have absolutely watched a full C storyline of Tony just cleaning weird shit around the house. I wonder, like TV shows often film more than they can air and then they cut out scenes and stuff. So I wonder if there was more story about Tony cleaning the house and somebody made the decision to cut it in favor of the buzz storyline, which the reverse decision should have been made. But yes, so Tony's Tony's still cleaning. Joey arrives home from school. Nick reveals that he has known all along that Joey is in this English class. And Joey tells him the story about how he cheated and he doesn't want it, but he doesn't cheat anymore. (laughs) And Joey says, I can't cheat because they have this weird thing where you can just look up the answers in the book. And Nick's like, oh yeah, open book test. Like those, what are you talking about? Weird child of mine. (laughs) Joey just can't believe that Nick knew about open book tests and never told him. He's so disappointed. (laughs) We also learn that Joey did kindergarten twice. It is my understanding, please correct me if I'm wrong. It is my understanding that in the States, they only get one year of kindergarten. We in Canada have two years. We have junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten. It is my understanding that the States only has one year. So we learned that Joey has failed kindergarten, basically. See, but I also think in America, again, tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. I think preschool is also more of a thing in the States, though, because I don't know anybody that went to preschool. Oh, I did. Did you go to preschool? Yeah. It was kind of like a daycare preschool thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I just had my my two grades and that was it. Yeah. So I went, yeah, both my parents uh, worked. My mom worked part time. So I went to this preschool like in the mornings and then she had the afternoons off. So but it was it was like a daycare preschool hybrid Mm -hmm. thing. So it wasn't like there was I remember sitting in circles and like singing songs and doing like educational things. But it wasn't like a full class environment. sort. No, no. Um, but yeah, I do. I, they called it nursery school and I have a nursery school diploma that I graduated as a master of kinder arts and crafts or something. Kinder arts and science. Yes, I went to preschool. <laughs> that is adorable. Yes. Wow. <laughs> my mom found it when she was um, when she was moving and now I have it in my home. <laughs> oh. It's my greatest accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so Joey failed kindergarten. So Joey then shares that he passed his test, but the better news is that he was kicked out and he gets to go back to regular English. (laughs) 
Nick can't understand. So Joey explains that he got a 70, which put him above the benchmark for passing the test, but below the benchmark for staying in the class. And as he put it, he cheated to get in, but he got kicked out on his own merit. (laughs) He's so proud of him. So proud. (laughs) So proud. So he decides that he's going to take his new technique and he'll go back to his old class and become king of the pinheads. But Nick points out that his old class may not allow open book tests right? Mm -hmm. If they did, he would know about them. But Joey says, you're missing the point, dad. The point is that he now knows, he now knows that he can look up anything he doesn't know in the book using the index. He, he, that's called studying, Joey. He thought everyone was just making shit up (laughs) and just hoping to get the right answer. This was okay. So we've talked about gross Joey and like, dumb but adorable joey this is dumb adorable joey yeah and i'm okay with it yeah just oh you sweet baby angel um so joey is so excited and just as he he's a buzz walks in as joey happily announces that he'll never have to look up another girl's dress for as long as he li- as long as he lives and buzz's world is just shattered and i wrote ha take that you dumb old man mm-hmm. <laughs> i will say this this scene has some of my favorite quotes too i think this is when joey is talking about being king of the pinheads and they're all going to look up to him and nick drops this line of he has a movie playing in his head that no one else can see <laughs> And it's like, Nick does this amazing thing. And we've talked about this before as like Tony is kind of like second parent, right? Yeah. And there's a point in this scene where Nick just like nopes out of it. He's like, Tony, I need you to, you need to take over. I can't talk to him anymore. Yeah. He's trying to figure (laughs) out why he's so excited that he got kicked, like how he, he got kicked out of the class, but he passed the test. Like he can't figure that out. And Yeah. yeah, Nick is like, Tony, you take the wheel. Yeah. I can't drive anymore. I think also during this diatribe, Joey says like, well, I'm going to be like the king of the pinheads. And I think this is after Nick says, you know, they don't have open book tests there. And he says, it's okay because in the Valley of the Blind, the man with one ear is king. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah. (laughs) Paraphrasing. Oh, Oh, Joey. These, this is this is the Joey I like. This is yeah, the Joey I like. Same. I I feel like we're getting more of this Joey because we already have Buzz being the lecherous old man. Yeah. That like Joey is now free to just be adorable, stupid Joey, and he doesn't need to also be. I mean, he is a little bit, but he doesn't need to be as like excited. The writers have made their point. Yeah. I feel like is what's happening. They're like, yeah. we can back off from yeah. this a little bit now. Yeah. So up in Blossom's room, Blossom is lying on her bed while Six is acting like her secretary, taking messages from all the boys that are calling Blossom because they think she puts out. Blossom points out that she'll never know if they're calling because they like her or because they think she's easy. You know, she's so angry that she can't even think straight. So Six decides to try this exercise where she asks Blossom to pretend that Dennis is sitting in the chair and say whatever she wants to say to him. But Blossom's like, no, 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 that's dumb. I don't want to do that. Six won't let go. So she just keeps goading Blossom being like, well, you know, what's that, Dennis? Blossom was this big slut. Like, you know, just like, yeah, just keeps goading Blossom into finally yelling at the chair. And so she does, but it doesn't make her feel any better. And just then the doorbell rings. So the girls go to go to answer it. Mm -hmm. It's Dennis. 
he tries to talk to Blossom, but every time he opens his mouth, Six just says his full name, Dennis O'Gorman, Dennis O'Gorman. <laughs> and then she starts yelling at him, but Blossom interrupts and she's like, no, I, I need to talk to him alone. So Six, Six leaves, but not before telling him that he's burnt toast. And as soon as Six leaves, Blossom immediately starts yelling at Dennis, saying the exact same thing Six said. And Dennis tries to make it about him. He's like, this is, I've had the worst day of my life. I feel terrible. And then he starts hyperventilating. And I, I wrote, oh, you poor baby. You lied about your friend and now you want her to feel bad for you, which is exactly yeah. what's going on here, right? right. He's, he's he's like, well, no, you don't know what it's like to be me. Well, it doesn't matter. You nothing, Not even me. You don't know how tough it is being a guy. It doesn't, it, regardless of whether or not it's tough for him to be a virgin guy, it doesn't give him the right to be spreading rumors about somebody else that aren't true. Yeah. So Blossom calls him out on this bullshit and points out that he told her that he fakes hyperventilating to get out of trouble with his parents. And Dennis mm-hmm. just immediately stops, just stops. He's like, oh shit, you got me. <laughs> so... Yeah, he, he, you know, he's like, I didn't mean to hurt you. You don't know how tough it is to be a virgin boy. I just Gross. embellish. Like, no, you didn't embellish. You fabricated the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. Possum even calls it science fiction. <laughs> Burn. So he tries to, he, he tries to make her feel better by saying, well, I did tell everyone that you were the best I ever had. Like that. Ugh. He is. And this wasn't a term back then, but I think we all know what I mean now. He is a capital N nice guy. Yep. Yep. He has been friends with her long enough that even if they don't physically have sex, like it's owed to him to at least have the rumor because he's like put in the work. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. I don't Mal, I don't know if we've ever talked deep enough about like if this has ever happened to you. I have had this happen to me and it is bullshit. Guys, if you are in a position with a female or otherwise, if you're in a a close friendship and you feel the need to justify any of your actions by saying how nice a guy you are, I can guarantee you're not a nice guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that happened to you. That's, that's awful. I no, I haven't had anything. I had a lot of like, I don't know if it's a rumor, but like in elementary school, everyone just thought I was weird. Like I didn't have a lot of friends because people just, you know, talked about how weird I was. I don't, I don't know that I was weird. I was into artsy things. I was, and I was smart. I went to a school um, with a lot of rural kids and, you know, ballet. (laughs) They weren't ready for you and your hotness. They Um, couldn't handle it. (laughs) But I also, I started dating my now husband when I was 18. So all through like university, when this was starting to become a thing, whenever I was friends with a guy, they were also like, they were aware that I had a boyfriend and had one Mm -hmm. for a long time. So I never got into, I guess, friendships with guys who would only be friends with me if they thought they could get something out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. Part of the problem is you don't know when you're friends with the person until it happens sometimes. Well, no, but that's, that's like what, what I'm trying to get at is that if there was a guy who I was friends with, they very quickly found out that I was in a, like I wore a a promise not like a Christian promise ring, but like, we're going to get married someday promise ring all through university. So if I made, if I started talking to a guy, he very quickly realized I was in a very serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And if 
he was planning to be quote unquote friends until he put in the time and could get something out of it. They just stopped being friends with me. Right. Like I, I never got to the point with a guy like this where I could see his true colors because they were like, well, she's not worth it. Mm. So that's so much better. (laughs) Well, but uh, it still means that they exist. Right. Like it would be so much better if they didn't exist. You know, they just like, yeah. So anyways, I'm sorry that that happened to you. That's not- Oh no, that wasn't like to make a pity party, but it was no, just- No, 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 no. <laughs> it, was, it was funny seeing like him exhibiting this behavior. Now that we have more of like the- not the the psychological terms, but like the social terms yeah. now to describe the behavior that has been happening forever. Well, it's also because we have the receipts of it, right? Like we yeah. have, like there's all these text messages of, or like, you know- Facebook, you know, any sort of written message of guys being like, I'm really nice. I'm a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. Like we, like we have them saying it and we have it on like in black and white written down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck you, Dennis. Yeah. He's, he's the worst. So he apologizes again saying that the worst, the worst part of all of this is that he, he feels like he lost his best friend because of how he acted and yeah. you know what? Blossom doesn't argue. She says, yep, that's exactly what happened. You acted like an asshole and now we're not friends anymore. Yep. And that's kind of all she can really do, right? Like she's not going to do anything. She's not going to go out of her way to be an asshole back to him, but you've shown me who you are and we're not going to be friends anymore. Good for her, man. So he promises to make it up to her and she's like, you can't, like, there's nothing you can do. You can't change what everybody thinks about me. And she asks him to leave and he does. So it's the next morning at school. The kids are reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, repeating after Dennis on the PA. They're about midway through and Dennis adds into the pledge. And I never had sex with Blossom Russo. All the kids repeat after Dennis and he continues on with the pledge as though nothing happened. And Six and Blossom just look at each other, realizing what happened. And that's where the show ends. What did you think of this ending? I feel like it was a cop out because now this douche nozzle can be like well i said it yeah so like i'm not guilty anymore yeah it doesn't change anything though and he slipped it into the pledge of allegiance so clearly all of these kids didn't realize what was being said no now he can say yeah that he did the quotes did the right thing yeah so dennis never shows up again um which i think is you know, Blossom sticking to her word of, yeah, you did lose a friend. So I don't, I almost wonder if they originally had the show ending with her being like, yeah, you lost a friend, please leave my house. And someone decided that they needed to end on a joke. I think because of the sitcominess, yeah, that's probably more than likely the case. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's, if you, if you are ever in, your, in this situation and I hope you never are, don't try to make it up to the person by announcing it over the PA. That doesn't mm-hmm. solve anything. No. Ugh. Dennis. So, Dennis. <laughs> so let's let's move on to our outfit of the week, Jen. So I had two. Okay. So do you want to go first? Okay. So I chose Six's second outfit. So she has this blue, purple, and pink floral romper that has black lace around like the cuffs and the neckline and it has this sweetheart neckline and then there's buttons up the front um and the sh- and the sleeves are like short sleeves and they've got a little bit of a like poof right at the shoulder but not like a huge one just a little bit of volume mm-hmm. and then she has on black leggings with black boots and a black scrunchie 
and a lavender wristwatch. And I loved it. I've never been able to find a romper that I feel like fits me well. Mm -hmm. Same. I loved her romper. It was very cute. (laughs) See, I'm glad you went first because that was one of mine. Was it? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Even after announcing that you weren't going to pick six outfit anymore. (laughs) Unless they stood out to me and that one stood out to me. Okay. Okay. Switching it up. Um, So mine and it wasn't the whole outfit. It was literally one piece of clothing. Okay. So about halfway through the episode, Blossom is wearing this really cool shirt. She stands up and I'm like, I don't like the shorts, but I really like the shirt. So it's a a black baggy t-shirt and there is a print on it. That's just a series of rows of daisies. But what was cool is it starts at like the top left with a full daisy. And then as the rows go on, there's like one less petal (gasps) every time until it reaches like four rows down at the, at the bottom of the shirt. And I was like, that is a really cool, funky print. And I like it. And that's also the shirt that she's wearing when six tells her about the rumor. Yes. So it's a, it's the second scene or whatever. Yeah. But like symbolic. Oh, Oh. oh, I didn't realize that it lost the petals, but like, yeah, just, yeah. Of like her, like her world being shattered. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. I just thought it was a cool thing. <laughs> it is a cool thing. And she, yeah, like her hair is kind of up and it looks very cute. But yeah. Like she stood up and the shorts were like one of her weirdly colored plaid and it didn't yeah. go and I didn't like it, but the shirt was cool enough that we're talking about it. Yeah. The shirt covers most of the shorts. Like you can. Yeah. 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 Uh, so lesson of the week. Do you have a lesson? The lesson I put down was everything you put out into the world has a consequence and can hurt people. Mm-hmm. I have about five lessons from this episode, but that's the one I went with. Okay. I, I went with some mistakes can't be fixed. Yeah. So yeah. Dennis can't undo the damage that he's done no matter even even though he announces to the uh, supposedly announces to the school that it's a lie he it, it's not undoing anything yeah like there's it's they can't go back to the way things were before yeah exactly yeah so i out of hmm out of five i, I can't think of anything good this week out of five capital n nice guys yeah out of five nice guys <laughs> Out of five nice guys, what do you give this? So I gave this a five. Mm-hmm. I got really angry watching it. But you're supposed to. But that's the thing. Like the the topics were so relevant and the writing was so good around it that I got angry. And and there were two, like both the A and B storylines I felt were important. Like, yeah. like looking at the double standard of sexuality, especially around being a teenager, I do have a note. It would have been interesting for them to discuss what, if anything changes, like if the rumor were true, but I'm sure that's, that's an older person discussion that might yeah. come up later in the show. But that and also the thing we talked about with how education is taught. Yeah. Like both of those to me were really important things to address. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I gave it a five as well. You're right. Like watching it, it, it makes you angry what Dennis did to Blossom, but it wasn't an angry like with the geek where we were like, this was handled incorrectly Mm -hmm. or other episodes that we've, we've been annoyed about how they've handled situations. This was we were angry for the right reasons. If that makes sense. We were angry. We were angry with Blossom, not. We were angry because the situation is something to be angry about. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it it was very, 
Very good. Very good. Y'all are going to be mad about it, but it's very good. It's good. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a good angry. It's yeah. Angry, angry with the character as opposed to at the writers. Um, (laughs) So buzz. Except for Buzz, I mean, I, I can't, I can't continue to include him in my scoring or the no, I know. episode is just going to suck. It's not fair to everything else. Yeah, although this episode had a very little amount of Buzz, so on that scale, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening, Jen. Thanks for being here with me. Next week we are looking at season two, episode six, to tell the truth. Ooh. Yeah. So we will be back here next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at I Am Opinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.